Hello and welcome to this episode of Special Ed Rising No Parent Left Behind, a show aimed at parents and caregivers of children along the spectrum of disabilities that welcome siblings, teachers, healthcare professionals, and anyone interested in learning about topics from the world of exceptional needs, educational services, health and wellness, fitness, nutrition for you and your child, and more. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm Mark Ingrassi, and I have 34 years of experience as a classroom teacher, parent coach, and advocate. I hope this podcast can inspire you to face your days more confidently, stirring a greater sense of self-love, mindfulness, and outpouring of goodness and positive role modeling for your children while remembering to attend to the areas of your own mental, physical, and if you're inclined, spiritual health, enabling you to be all you hope to be for them. Today, I'll be ringing in the new year with a show dedicated to three New Year resolutions that I think will help to make the coming year more fulfilling and productive for your child and your family. After that, stay tuned for a tip of the cap, your exceptional needs parenting tip, followed by your good news community share. So let's begin this year in stellar fashion and bring in 2023 with a big win. For those of you who choose to recognize and celebrate, I hope you all had a wonderful holiday season, but regardless of whether you do or don't, I hope you enjoyed some time off from work and were able to take a breath and refresh and give yourself what you needed to recharge your batteries. If you've listened to some of my episodes, you may have heard me speak about my mother who's dealing with dementia. If you have a family member or a friend going through this debilitating disease, I'm with you and my arms are around you because it's very difficult to see the toll it takes on the mind, body, and the impact that that has on personal relationships. This year, as my mom is said to be in decline, I wanted to do something that could bring her some joy. Because despite the decline, there is still so much to her and the happiness she registers and the love she continues to emit. So I found those animatronic animals. Have you heard of these? They're pretty sweet. If you haven't, and you want your loved one to feel the joy of an animal companion without the mess, to keep company when you're not there yourself, it's a pretty genius creation to consider getting for them. On the day my siblings and I gave my mom her new dog named Bonnie after her first dog uh, as a little girl, she lit up like holiday lights, speaking to it, hugging it, kissing it. And my heart just swelled at her reaction because I couldn't be sure earlier if it would connect for her, you know. Having made the connection, I now know it's something that can be comforting and bring her stimulation, keeping her mind active and at peace. I'm not getting any kickbacks from the company, Joy for All Companion Pets, presently, but I wanted to share their existence with you like a public service, which is actually the purpose of this show always. I found the animals on Amazon. They have uh, cats and dogs, and I've seen them in stores or advertised in stores like Best Buy and Walgreens. I'll put a link to Joy for All Companion Pets on the resource page of my website so you can take a look for yourself. And now on with today's topic. If you speak to a man in a language he understands, you speak to his head. If you speak to him in his language, you speak to his heart. Nelson Mandela According to the History.com, the ancient Babylonians are said to have been the first people to make New Year's resolutions some 4,000 years ago. They were also the first to hold recorded celebrations in honor of the new year, though for them the year began not in January, but in mid-March when the crops were planted. They also made promises to the gods to pay their debts and return any objects that they had borrowed. 
These promises could be considered the forerunners of our New Year's resolutions. Julius Caesar tinkered with the calendar and established January 1st as the beginning of the New Year, circa 46 BC. Named for Janus, the two-faced god who, whose spirit inhabited doorways and arches, January had special significance for the Romans. Believing that Janus symbolically looked backwards into the previous year and ahead into the future, the Romans offered sacrifices to the deity and made promises of good conduct for the coming year. But despite the tradition's religious roots, New Year's resolutions today are a mostly secular practice. Instead of making promises to the gods, most people make resolutions only to themselves and focus purely on self-improvement, which may explain why such resolutions seem so hard to follow through on. I know resolutions can be like flickering match flames, hot to start, but fragile and with a done-by date. And I also believe the best resolutions start when they start, which could be in July as readily as in January. However, the new number at the top of our calendars can be an inviting beacon to use as motivation to start a new path for ourselves and our families. Whether big or small, moving forward and beginning to make positive changes in our lives is growth. Like the shark ever moving forward, our search for new energy sources to fill us and inspire a more fully developed mind, body, and soul is an awesome opportunity. And again, we have this before us every day. So now that we've stepped across the threshold of a new year, let's play ball and take a few swings in areas that are really, really important and helpful to the growth of your child, the self-esteem of both you and your child, because when you are part of the development of another in positive ways, it gives back directly to our positive feelings about ourselves. The growth of your relationship with your child and an awareness by your child that you have their backs. I always tell my mom, I have your back and you're never alone no matter what. And I believe she gets me. She feels it. For your child to feel that is everything. So what are some worthwhile New Year's resolutions for you regarding your parenting and management of your child's needs in the home and in school? Well, let's begin with that right there. Resolution number one, having your child's back. What does this mean? And you might say to me, of course I have my child's back. And I'm sure you do. But did they know it? And can you express it better? Having their back is expressed first and foremost by acceptance of who they are, no matter what. We are subconsciously exposed and often shaped by society's idea of the ideal everything, including people. But when it comes down to it, if you strip away all the BS that distracts us from thinking for ourselves, we are who we are, all of us, different and beautiful in our own ways. Not everyone is for everyone, and that's fine, but live and let live, I say. For the most part, in society, it's nice to be accepted, and I, I think it's safe to say that the majority of us want to be accepted. Not that it needs to define us to ourselves, but it feels nice. Even the most mature and self-actualized people like to be accepted and recognized for who they are and what, what they bring to the table. Now imagine your child, neurotypical, neurotypical with a disability, or neurodiverse. Each is seeking approval and acceptance on their terms, whether or not they fully are even aware of it. It's intrinsic. And given what I just said about even the most evolved humans wanting acceptance, Imagine what that might mean for your child who isn't a fully realized version of themselves yet. Your child. Who are they? 
how well do you know them? The ones who are quiet, manageable, intelligent, affable, how much do you invest in how they feel and what they think and what they want? The ones who lack self-control, social appropriateness, can be confrontational, emotional, immature, how well do you know what makes them tick? There's always a way to know. And now, no matter where they fit, they want to fit. As upsetting, frustrating, and desperate as circumstances can be and cause you to feel the same, it's up to you to find your way to the person before you and help them to meet themselves. Not to the person you want them to be, but the person they are. Make the resolution to have your child's back even when you're tired of the stresses, the confrontations, and the exhaustion from the exhaustion. Resolution number two, advocating for your child. As a parent, you're at the mercy of those whom you entrust your child with daily while they are in school. You assume that your child's best interests are always being considered and that decisions made on their behalf reflect us. As someone who's been on the teacher side, I can tell you that you are usually safe to make that assumption. Teachers are dedicated and if they've chosen this field of special education, you want to believe that they have a heart that's a little different from the average person and patience that goes a little deeper than other professions demand. Again, you're, you're safe to make this assumption and more often than not, you'll be rewarded for your trust. But as in any field of business, decisions are often made without your knowledge or when told, you're asked to trust that they're made in your child's best interest. More often than not, a child's educational decisions, plans, are made with the best of intentions. Sometimes they work out, and sometimes they don't, but not because they were ill-considered. However, and because this is sadly a business, some are made out of convenience, student population size, financial reasons, or other. I've seen many parents give up their rights and hand over their trust to school personnel believing they know better and that anything being done to and for their child is best left in their hands. I've seen this particularly among families whose first language is not English and who may not fully understand what they're being told or are too intimidated by the language barrier and respect for authority to question. But you have the right to question every decision being made on behalf of your child. I encourage you to know your rights as the parent of a child with exceptional needs. Know the IAP process and prepare yourselves for meetings to be sure that your child's getting everything allowable to them. Don't let a person's master's degree, PhD, and or title stop you from pursuing your concerns. If something feels wrong, never hesitate to ask even the most simple questions. If it's a question for you, then it's a legitimate question. I've personally had to watch as decisions were made that I believed were highly questionable regarding a student. In those instances, my hands were tied by the majority administration or administration and staff. Cases are sometimes made to parents that can be convincing, yet leave them uncertain. Being unaware of your rights or neglecting to research what's being told to you may impact your child in such a way that can leave them short of their potential. Don't believe that mistakes aren't made, and don't let your child suffer because of it. In addition to your advocacy, there are advocates who can fight for you and with you. Use them all to position your child in school and in the community to their greatest benefit. I'll add uh, some links to the resource page of my website for you to read and become better equipped. And if you'd like more information, there are endless online documents and websites. And if you'd like my help navigating, please feel free to contact me.
You are the parent. You are the strongest advocate for your child. It's in your hands. Resolution number three, routines for a manageable home. Routines, I truly believe, create the fabric of a child's day. They're guides by which your child can predict what will be happening and, as a result, reduce some of the stress and worry about what's coming next. By following a routine, your child will get into a flow and pattern that can build their skills in the areas of pragmatics, social development, behavior, and cognitive development. According to howtoadult.com, routines and structure are important for all children, but they can be especially beneficial for children with special needs. Routines help special needs children do better with everyday tasks, give them a sense of confidence in their ability to handle daily life, and can be used to help the child meet developmental milestones through early intervention. We adults like to feel that we have some control and autonomy in the flow of our lives. Children are no different. Following a familiar transition routine every time, the chances of meltdowns and power struggles are decreased. According to an article by the Family Information Network, a daily schedule of activities with predictable routines for each activity can make the world seem less chaotic and frightening for the special needs child. Now, you can create routines for morning and bedtime, dinner, playtime, transitions, weekends. They can be specific within an activity while additionally covering more broadly the entire day. Repetition like that within a routine is what's needed for learning, so the routines are aiding in the development and ordering of new skills. Check out my episode, Universal Behavior Management Tools, from March 21st, 2022, for more on routines. I think those are three great resolutions to take a crack at in the coming months, and because you've listened this far, I'm going to add a fourth. Resolution number four. Find another parent or family, maybe new to the world of exceptional needs and special education, and offer a shoulder of experience. It doesn't take much. Listening and sharing and paying forward. Maybe someone helped you at the start of your journey or even later on when you were feeling lost or overwhelmed. Or maybe you'll start a new thread for future parents. We all go through things in life and take away different lessons and knowledge. If we share this with others, we're growing the communal chain that brings us together and makes all of our lives stronger, more aware, happier, and inclusive. It's time now for a tip of the cap, your exceptional needs parenting tip. Today's tip comes from understood.org. When using rewards for behavior management, let your child have a say. Giving your child a say about the reward he receives can make it feel more enticing. Consider creating a reward menu. If your child seems to be losing motivation after a couple of weeks, change the reward. But be sure to talk it through with your child first. Today's Good News Community Share comes from natureegrandir.com with stories from parents like you. This is entitled The Perceptions of Others by Natalie Valerand. Four-year-old Ele Nome has epilepsy, an attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. His specialists suspect he may also have an intellectual disability. 
His father, Jean-Francois Cassé, talks about keeping up his son's whirlwind personality. Elé Noem has a hard time following instructions, is completely fearless, and hardly ever talks, but he makes a lot of noise. You always know when he's in the room, and he has trouble sitting still. In the beginning, the negative reactions we got from other people made my girlfriend and me sad. It doesn't bother us as much now that we've learned to live with our son's condition. At the same time, that type of reaction is disheartening and makes me angry sometimes. Despite everything, I think it's important to avoid shutting ourselves off from the world. Getting out of the house is good for keeping our spirits up, getting Elenom used to being in new surroundings, and getting others used to people who aren't like them. Overall, I get the sense that people are more open and compassionate than before. It could be the fact that we're hearing more and more about kids with special needs. When I meet people who seem understanding, I like to take time to answer their questions. As parents, we have the power to raise awareness in the community and to help people understand. I have three goals with regard to my son. I want to make him happy, give him the tools he needs to become as independent as he can, and make him feel there's a place for him in society. I want to thank you again for listening to this episode, and I hope you'll join me each week to hear about topics close to your heart and welcome fresh and informative insights into areas that are new to you. All music heard on today's show comes from Jason Shaw at audionautics.com. Remember to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Special Ed Rising, and on my website, specialedrising.com. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to rate and review the show wherever you get your podcasts, and tell your friends. You can contact me directly with questions, comments, or if you're interested in parent coaching through my email, specialedrising at gmail.com, or my contact pages on Facebook or my website. If you'd like to share some of your success stories with the audience, please send them to my email. Let's show the world what's possible. Also, let me know if there's anything you'd like to learn more about. And until next time, peace and keep rising.